Lord today. Well, come on, stand to your feet and give Jesus praise. Come on. All right. And while you're standing, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter number four. Hebrews chapter number four. And I'm going to start reading in verse number 11. Are you there? Amen. <clears throat> Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for God, what you are doing in this place, Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that you have assembled us together, Lord, that we might be transformed by what we hear this morning. I pray, God, that you would give me a fresh anointing, give me good continuity of thought, that I might speak, Father God, clearly, precisely, as you would hear me speak, uh, Lord, that your people will be forever transformed by what is heard from this pulpit today. We commit this time to you, Lord, and all that we are and all that we're doing. Father, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Well, we are in the second installment of our series entitled Ignite. And this series is really designed to help us to discover our passion for God. We echoed last week that sometimes while we are Serving God that if we're not careful, uh, that we can lose our passion, we can lose our desire. And you find yourself uh, in a situation where you're serving God and simply going through the emotions with no, I'm, I'm sorry, just going through the motions with, with no emotional uh, connection to God. But how many know that God wants us to serve him with passion? God wants us to serve him with desire. And we talked last week, and I think this is important to, to just kind of remind ourselves, because what God really wants to do is God really wants to have a deep, profound relationship with us. We said last week that spiritual apathy can set in. And some of you are sitting right here today, if you're honest, some spiritual apathy has set into your life. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, you're just cavalier, you just kind of you're just kind of going through the motions. You're reluctant to gather with unbelievers is a sign. Finding multiple reasons to miss church or Bible study. Uh, constantly looking at the negative aspects of church. Uh, trying to figure out the next quick fix so that you can just, uh, you know, just continue on. All of these things are signs of spiritual apathy. And so what we need to do is we want to raise our sights. We want to reconnect with the Lord in a very, very fresh way. And that's really what I'm believing that this series is going to do. This series is going to, I, I, by, by show of hands, if, if you're bold, how many of you will, will be honest enough to admit that I have a little bit of spiritual apathy going on? Yeah, okay, great. great. God's going to help you today, amen? So be in tune. Get excited. God's going to help us today. So we're going to actually build on what we talked about last week. We talked about returning back to God. And we said in that message last week, we used the analogy of Paul, uh, of Peter, actually, when he was walking on water. And that Peter, when he saw the winds and the waves, he took his eyes off of Jesus. And at that moment, when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. So we drew the correlation that many of us serving God, and at some point in our lives, we've taken our eyes off Jesus. We've doubted. Uh, we've, uh, you know, we've looked away. And whatever the case might be, you find yourself in that downward spiral. And so what, we, what God did last week was he challenged us to come back, to return back to him, to go back and repent from where we fell and begin the process of allowing God to reignite that fire and that passion that he wants all of us to have. So today we want to build on that, uh, that message from last week. And we're going to talk about today having a passion for the word of God. 
having a passion. Everybody say passion for the word of God. Now, many of you know that one of my pet peeves, if you want to use that analogy or that word, is that I am very, very passionate about God's word. Been saved now for some 25 years, and I can honestly tell you today that I am excited about the word of God as I was when I first got saved. Because, and, you know, and, and, and the thing is that I don't, I'm not really sure what it is, but, but, but perhaps we're not taught, perhaps, uh, you know, uh, we're not disciple enough, but, but I don't believe that the church as a whole really understand the power of the word of God. I got this revelation years ago, and I actually, and I, and I love the Word of God. I love studying it. In fact, one of, in our vision statement, our vision statement says to train and equip the believer to be a mature disciple who loves the Word of God. How many know that we need to get back to the Bible? Come on, church, help me this morning. How many know we need to get back to the Bible? Because there's a generation today, how many know that they are pushing against the Bible? They're saying that the Bible is outdated. They are saying that the Bible is just, you know, it was something that was written many, many years ago, and it don't apply to us today. But how many know that the Bible will last and outstand and, and, and just outdo everything? Come on, church, can you say amen to that? The Word of God is here to stay. And then sadly, and I've seen this, and, and I want to say this too, and, and hopefully I don't step on any toes, but, you know, and it seems like in today's culture, there seems to be more of a, uh, a passion uh, or more of a desire for emotionalism than even the word of God. There's more of a desire for tradition. You know, I believe that sometimes that we put more uh, emphasis on our traditions and our emotions than the word of God. And so what happens is we have, we're developing a community of believers who lack substance, who have emotions. And how do you know your emotions are always up and down? You can't ever really depend on your emotions. They're going to be all over the place. And I'm an emotional person. Trust me. God made us to be emotions, emotional. But how do you know that emotions do not trump the word of God? The, your, your emotions and, and how you feel, because how many know that you're, you, know, you feel one way one day, you feel another way the next? And, and, and people have, have been relegated to, you know, just going and walking around and all over the place and just trying to find the next best thing, but never really a, having an encounter with the Word of God. How many know that there's power in the Word of God? How many of you believe that the Word of God will change you? How many you believe that? That the word of God will change you. It will, it, will, it will change the whole course of your life. And so I want to spark that fire in you today. I want you to come to a place today in your life that every single time that you have an opportunity to read the word, to be exposed to the Bible, that, that you get excited about it. That you get passionate about it. In your mind, you're thinking, man, I can't wait to read the word of God today. I can't wait to dig in. I can't wait to get it. And the Bible said, I can't wait. How many just love to hear the word of God? Yes. Love to hear the word of God preached. I love reading the word of God. And so, so let's look at a couple of verses today. So three points I want to cover, and then we'll get you out of here. We're going to talk about the greatness of God's word, number one. We're going to talk about the benefits of meditating in his word, number two. And the third point. We're going to give you four keys to igniting your passion uh, in the word of God. And so let's look at the first one, the greatness of God's word. Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. Go ahead and turn there if you will. Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. And listen to this, church. It says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Let me say that again. Heaven and earth. Now, I want you to hear that in the context because, because what happened is you can read that verse and you can, you can miss what it's saying. Listen to me. I want you to think about everything that you know today, everything that you can think of, you know, systems, institutions, uh, material things we possess. I want, you, I want you to bring it all into context and, and, and listen to this. Heaven and earth will pass away. But watch this, church. But my words will by no means pass away. So that's, that means, and what that is telling us today, is that everything around us at some point is going to crumble and is crumbling. But one thing that will outlast everything is the word of God. 
This is why we got to embrace it. This is why we need to hold on to it because it lasts forever. And how many know that, that you can try, not too many years ago, I saw a gentleman was just trying to burn the Bible. How many know you can't burn the word of God? <laughs> you, can burn the, you can burn the book all you want to, but how many know the word of God, you cannot touch the word of God. The Bible says that forever, oh God, your word is settled in heaven. You can try to burn it. You can try to push it out of society. You can try to reject it and say that we don't want the Bible in the public school system the way that they're doing. We can try to twist the word. We can try to do whatever we want to do. But here's a fact. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never, ever pass away. So if I know that his word is going to last forever, how do you know that we need to hold on to it? We need to read every bit of it because everything else is going to pass away. I don't care about what people are trying to say, and I know you live in an environment today that, that, that people don't exalt the word of God, but how many know that the church ought to exalt the word? How many know that the church ought to make it known that Jesus' word is forever? We got to preach the word no matter what. Are you hearing me, church? Man's attempt to dismiss the word of God will fail. Our attempts to discredit it won't work. None of that stuff is going to work because God says his word is forever. How many know that the word of God even trumped your, your goosebumps? Come on, somebody. The word of God trumped, look, watch this. The word of God trumps uh, your visions and revelations. Have you ever heard somebody say, man, God gave me a vision and revelation? And that vision and that revelation contradicts the word of God. How many know that God will never give you a vision or a revelation or anything that will contradict his word? Are you hearing me? I don't care how good it feels. I don't care how good he looks. I don't care how good she looks. I don't care what it feels like on the inside. God will never, ever violate the integrity of his word. How many know people are crazy, but God ain't? <laughs> people are off the chain, but God ain't. God ain't schizophrenic. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? So, we can, so, so God's word, it, it trumps your emotion. It trumps your traditions. You go in some places, man, they give more tradition, more, more emphasis on their traditions than they do the word of God. And the word of God, watch this church, the word of God is the final test for all things, for everything. And it, as it relates to life, as it relates to all things spiritual, we always test everything. The Bible says hold fast to that which is true. Watch this. And, and watch this. And test everything. Everybody say everything. Everything against the word of God. So watch this. If that thing or that situation or if that experience don't match up with the word of God, get rid of the experience. Kick it to the side. Because the word of God trumps everything. And we live in a generation today, man, how many know they're twisting the scripture big time? Come on, somebody. Yes. I mean, they're, they're making the scripture say what they wanted to say. They don't want to deal with the truth. And so what they do is they conjure up the Bible calls it itching ears. <laughs> you know, they just, you know, whatever they wanted to say, they make it say. But how many know it is not going to work? The word of God must be held in high esteem by the church. Let me tell you something right now. If the church don't get serious about the word of God, how many know that the enemy is going to try to, he's going to try to, he's going to try to wipe us out. We're not going to have any kind of effectiveness because how many know that everything that we do is built on the word? Right. Everything. Everything is on the word. And, and Satan knows. And that's why Satan wants to keep you out of the word. That's why Satan all the time. You ever notice that, that, that when Jesus was tempted by the enemy, that the first thing Jesus started reciting was the word. It is written. It is written. Satan wants so bad to keep you out of that Bible. He don't want you to read that book. He don't want you to come to that Bible study. He don't want you to surround yourself with people that love the word of God because he know if you ever get a revelation of the word and how to change your life, he knows that he's, he's done. So what the enemy does is he works overtime. Man, that Bible don't make sense. Oh, man, you know, that Bible, I, I just don't understand it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And all that the enemy wants to do is he don't want you to get the revelation. Because let me tell you something. The Christians that I've seen that are, that, are, that are really thriving, watch this church. I'm talking about those who are on the cutting edge of what God is doing. They are in his word. They love his word. How many of you want to be on the cutting edge of what God is doing? How many of you want to make a difference in the earth? You, you, you need to get into his word. We all do. Look at this. Hebrews chapter number four, verse 12. It says this. For the word of God is living. Say living, church. Living. 
and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Get that into your spirit. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow. Look at this. And is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Wow. Did you hear that? See, how many know the word of God is living? How many know that it is not just, listen to me, this is unlike any book ever written, ever. Do you hear me? See, the Bible is not, this is not just words on a page. How many of you believe that these are living words? These are living. See, this is why, this is why you got to love your book. The Bible is not, listen, you know, you can get a real nice book and you can read it after one or two times. You get a little information in the book and put it to the side. But how many know that you can't exhaust the word of God? You can study for 25 years, 30, 50 years. The thing is rich. You know why? Because the word is living. It's not just words on the page. Are you hearing me, church? This book is alive. He said, it's living. It's unlike any other book. It transcends time. It transcends people, places, and things. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. How many know the word of God will cut you? <laughs> How many have ever been cut by the word of God? How many have ever read the word, ever read the, heard the word of God being preached or talked about, and all of a sudden, man, something, it, it cuts it's like boom, you know. I don't know about you, but when I first when I, when I first got right with God, when I first, I mean, I heard the word of God, and I remember sitting in that place, and the word of God cut me, came out of nowhere. You know why? Because it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Do you know? Do you know, Christian, what you have in this book? See, this is what I want to do. I want to raise. I want to raise your awareness that you might understand that this is a living book. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. I mean, this book convinced, convicts men of sin. It causes people to, to turn over their whole lives, to go one course and flip around and go a whole nother way. I mean, this book will change lives. It will bring a drug addict out of drugs. It will bring a, 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 a prostitute off the streets. Come on, somebody. The word, the word of God will bring a criminal to freedom. Why? Because this thing is sharp. It'll cut if you preach it. If you let it, it'll cut you. But how do you know it's a good kind of cut? Is anybody hearing me today? Amen. He says, the word of God, watch this, church, is a discerner. The word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. How do you know that the word of God will reveal yourself to yourself? <laughs> Anybody ever had that, that, that experience while reading the word of God? The word of God will expose the deep places that no one else can touch, even you. How many know it'll get down there? The word of God, it discerns. The word of God, the word of God will, it, it knows your heart. It knows what you're thinking. Get this, church, even before it's dropped into your own mind. Isn't that deep? This is, this is the word. The Bible says the word of God is powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God will speak to you if you let it. God will speak to you about life. He'll speak to you about your situation. He'll speak to you about your job. He'll speak to you about your career. He will speak to you about, about your life. Why? Because this book is living. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How do we know he's alive today? And his word is Jesus. And say that with me. His word, no, say it with me. His word, His word is, is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the word. One more time. His word, His word is, is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the word. In the beginning, John 1, 1 was the word. The word was with God and the word what? Wow. John 1, 14 says this. And the word... God took his word and wrapped it in flesh. I want you to get the picture. God took his words, his very word, which is himself, and wrapped his word in flesh and dropped it right down here on planet Earth. How many know that's amazing? So the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Watch this, church. And we beheld his glory. This is John talking. The glory as, as, uh, as of the only begotten of the Father, full, everybody say full, full of grace and truth. 
He is a word. Revelation 19.13 says this. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. Talking about Jesus. And his name is called the word of God. This is why why we study the Bible. This is why we hang on every word that Jesus says. This is why we study the Greek. This is why we study the Hebrew. Why? Because Jesus is the word of God. Jesus doesn't represent the word of God. Jesus don't just have to talk about the word of God. How do we know he is the word? Everything he says is the word of God because Jesus is the word. And this is why Jesus said this. You remember that place? And Jesus says, watch this church. He says, I am the bread of life. Ah. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. You know what you do with bread, right? What do you do with bread? Talk to me. You eat bread. And, and, and most of us, we, we eat bread every, every day. And you know, I talk about bread. I'm talking about food. You, you know, you know what I mean. How, how many know you need food to live? You need food to survive. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And so watch this, church. As much, let me ask you this question. The the food that you eat, do you read the Bible at at least as close to the amount of food that you eat? Oh, it got quiet in here. How many know that if you don't eat the word, it is hard to develop a passion for the word? You won't develop a passion to the, of, of the word until you start putting that thing in. You see myself, Pastor, I have no passion for the word. What are you eating? Have you been eating it? He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every what? Every word of God. Every word. So some of us, if we're really honest, some of us, we don't don't read enough word. Some of us, sometimes we go a week, we go two, three weeks, and spiritually, if we can see ourselves in the spirit, we look sick. We malnourished. Because we don't feed on this word. Uh, but, 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 but how many know that the more I feed on this word, the more spiritual I am? But not only that, uh, at least the more spiritual I can become, but, but the, the more I, I, I feed on this word, the more I'll find myself having a passion for it. How many want a passion for God's word? Every, I mean, how many know God wants us to be passionate about his word? Because he said heaven and earth is going to pass away, but his word is going to be forever. So if his word is going to be forever, I'm hanging on to it. I don't know about you. I'm going to hang on to every one of his words. And I'm going to make sure that the integrity of the word of God is maintained. So we want to be, so we want to be passionate about his word. To become passionate about the word is to become passionate about Jesus. And to become passionate about Jesus is to become passionate about the word. And then he, he, he takes us up further. In Timothy, he says, all scripture was given by inspiration by God. Look at, look at the name, say all. All, all scripture. How many know this book is sacred? This book is holy. This book is forever. Batman ain't forever. <laughs> and I like Batman, trust me. My kids will tell you that. Batman ain't forever. Jesus and his word is forever. You can stand on this. That's why you don't need to be shifting with the political winds of the day. That's why you don't need to be shifting all the You just need to stay with him. Because all this other stuff that people are all upset about, how many know? How many know the systems of this world are coming down? Y'all, y'all, not, y'all not praying with me. The systems of this world is crashing, it's coming down. The only thing that's going to last is Jesus and his word. That's it. That's everything else. Boom. Don't, that's why I tell people all the time, why you get so... I, I was, it, the other day I was eating lunch with somebody and uh, he was watching TV and they was watching one of, them, uh, one of those news channels and they were talking about politics. Brother come in and they're so, so mad, can't even eat his lunch. You know, just upset, mad. You know, and, and then on the other side, talking about how much he loved Jesus. But I'm sitting there looking at you like, brother, I wonder how much you really do, because it looked like to me that you got more stock in this world. Let me tell you something. We need, let me tell you something. We need to do the right thing, but how many know that, that the side that we need to be on is the side of Jesus? Can I just say that? Now, now look, I don't talk much about politics, but I want to tell you this. Be on the Lord's side. Don't put your stock in the Democrats and the Republicans. Don't, don't look at the name and say, don't do it. Because I know, I know some of you are all in. You know what I mean? You're deep. You're so deep. You won't even minister if he's a Democrat, or you won't even minister if they're a Republican. You won't even talk to him. And how many know that all, how many know when we get to heaven, ain't going to be no donkeys and elephants in heaven? That's right. 
Come on, church. <laughs> you can trip on. That's why you don't see me tripping and screaming. I ain't all on Facebook yelling. I'm just telling you. Listen, listen. I, I respect the process. I think we ought to participate. But my hope is in nothing less but Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I gave that up a long time ago. I am free. I am free to be used by God in any circumstance, in any situation. I'm away. You know why? Because my hope and trust is in him. It's in his word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word. So I'm here, church. I'm here. I mean, oh, this is what people need to hear. So in your talking to them, you make sure you tell them about the what? Come on, church. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. All right, let's talk about the benefits of meditating on the word of God. You see what happens is y'all get me all excited and I start sweating. I blame you guys. All right. Joshua chapter one. Go to Joshua chapter number one. I mean, like Joshua, the book of Joshua, that's in the Old Testament. Joshua chapter number one. When you get there, say amen. We're going to read a few verses here. Now, I want you to understand that Joshua is a, is a, he was Moses' assistant, a mighty man of God. And now Moses had died and now Joshua had the responsibility to lead the people into the promised land. And I want you to understand that God gave uh, uh, gave uh, Joshua some clear instruction. Can I ask, by, by show of hand, how many of you want to be successful? Let me ask you a better question. How many of you want good success? How many know a drug dealer can be successful selling drugs, but how many know that ain't good success? <laughs> how many want good success? How many you want to prosper? You know, it's right here. Watch this. Look at this. Let's start in verse number. This is God giving. Let's start in verse number um, five. And this is God talking to Joshua. God, the God is telling Joshua about how he's going to use him and how Joshua is going to make a difference. Look at this. In, uh, in Joshua chapter uh, one, verse number five. No man, Joshua, shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. How many of you like that? I don't know about you, but I'm claiming that for myself. Hallelujah. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. There it is right there. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Somebody just need to hear that this morning. God said, look, I ain't going to leave you nor forsake you. Stop tripping. Stop crying. Listen, just be, just, just, just stay put. Stay, look at the name and say, stay in the word. Just stay in the word. Watch it. He said, watch it. Verse number, four, verse number six. He says, now, be strong and of good courage. Oh, I love this. For this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse number seven. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to, watch this church, look at this, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Now watch this. He said, Joshua, he said, watch this. He said, Joshua, I'm, I'm going to be with you. God, God called him to leave. He said, my, Joshua, I'm not going to leave you. No man is going to be able to stand against you. Joshua, I'm going to protect you. You're going to lead these people. But I got one requirement. Watch this. Be sure you're very courageous. Watch this. That you may observe, everybody say observe, to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Watch this. And do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Good God. He don't turn. I know sometimes we're, how many, how many know that sometimes we're tempted to turn away from the word of God? I, I, we talked about that, that last week. Am I right about it? Sometimes the pressures of this life will tempt you to turn away. But he said, he said, Joshua, now here's what he's really saying. Joshua, you're going to have some problems. Joshua, you're going to have some enemies. Joshua, you're going to face a couple of storms. But whatever you're doing, Joshua, don't turn. Don't turn away from the word. Stay in the word. Stay in the word. Stay right there. Don't move. Because how many know that God's word is true? Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning in church? Every word. God is not a man that he should lie. If God said it, how many know he's going to do it? Does anybody believe that today? Watch this. He said, only Joshua, only just be strong and courageous and, 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 and do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Watch this. He says it again, verse number eight. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. 
Are you hearing this, church? But you shall meditate in it every now and then. Once a year. Once a month. Uh, whenever I come to church. Uh, whenever I come to Bible study. Whenever I feel like it. Is that what he said? No, no. He says day and night. How many know what is day and night? Every day. Day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Hallelujah. How many know that God is, God, is, God is telling us something? How many know that this is applicable to us today? How many know that God will execute his will through your life if you stay faithful to his word? But how many know you got to meditate in it? Why? Because Joshua, if you don't meditate in his word every day, Joshua, you'll lose your way. Isn't that what he was telling him? He said, Joshua, if you're not careful to get in this book every single day and read it, you'll lose your way. How many of you are witness to that? You know, I mean, for those of us who study the Bible like every day, you know, you take one, you take one day. I don't know about you. If I take one day, man, I feel, I feel bad. I'm like, man, I missed something. I got, I got to eat. Yeah. Let me tell you something. God knew that if Joshua ate this word every single day, that Joshua will, will have a pack. How many know that it takes passion to do what God wants you to do? How many know it takes desire to be able to slay giants? Come on, church. It takes passion to be able to reach our people out there. It takes passion and desire. And he said, look, stay in this book, boy, every day. And he said, I'll make you prosperous. Some of us, let's be honest, we ain't prosperous because we are not in his word. We have no desire. We're not eating from this table enough. How I many know that every now and then you got to turn off your favorite TV program? Come on, church. Every now and then you got to turn it off the radio. Every now and then you got to take some bold steps and say, you know what? I am going to stop this now. If you want to ignite your passion for God, how I many know you got to make a decision? You got to make, I mean, listen, look, can, can I be honest with the church? It ain't going to just change. You got to change it. I know you got to take authority over that thing. You got to say, no, no, I'm going to get in this book every day. And, and, and God told Joshua, because watch this, because how many know that he, he, tell him, he told him every day, because get this, because there'll be some days he don't feel like doing it. How many know there are some days your flesh don't feel like doing it? But trust me, if you do it anyway, you'll be much better off in the end. Are, are you hearing me, church? So, so Joshua, Meditate in this word. The Bible says in Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Boy, I got to run. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 down to verse number 3. Blessed is the man. We're talking about the benefits now of, of, of meditating in this word. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners. Look at this, church. Nor sat in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in what? Come on. His delight is in what? Come on, say it loud. If you, you know, if you don't know it, look at it on the screen. Maybe they got, maybe they don't. Come on. Day and night. That's right, sister. See, day and night. That's right. In his law, he meditate day and night. But here's the thing now. Now, here's the blessing part of it. This is what I want you guys to get. This is what the devil don't want you to know. This is why the devil don't want you in the word. This is why the devil don't want you to come to Bible study. This is why the devil don't want you to read it. He don't want you to open it. He want to keep you busy, 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 busy. How many know that you're never going to stop being busy, 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 busy? You got to make time. How many know that some of us, our priorities are all out of whack? We are just moved by situations and circumstances, and we have no control over our life, and the devil is just dangling us around, and you don't wear out. How many know if you're going to get passion for God, you got to take authority. You got to take your life back. Oh, good God. That was a word for somebody right there. You got to take your life back. You gotta say, no, 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 no. But no, no, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get close to my God. Draw near to me, he said, and I will draw what? Near to you. I'm gonna do this. I'm going to prioritize God in my life. And how many know we gotta start with this word? Are you hearing me this morning? He said, but he delights in the law of the Lord. And in his law, watch this, brother. In his law, he meditates what? Here it is again. Day and night. Well, 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 pastor, well, pastor, you, uh, I, I don't need to read my Bible every day to go to heaven. 
I mean, I can be spiritual and, and, and not read my Bible every day. Can I be nice and blunt at the same time? That's a foolish statement. How are you going to be spiritual? Let me tell you something. I've been, and I'm talking from experience now. I've had people say to me, and I'm not bragging on myself at all. Please, trust me. I, there's a lot for me to learn. There's a lot I don't know. Trust me. The more I think I know, the more I find out I don't know. Can I say that to you? But I've had people say to me, you know, boy, you, know, you, just, boy, you just strong in the word. I mean, you know the address and you know this. But that's just, you know, and, and I look at it, I said, brother, that's where I live at. I live there all the time. So if you want to be that way, and I tell people, if you want to be that way, all you got to do is do what I do and do more. Get into the book. Get into the book every day. Every single chance you get, open, get into the book. No, we got, we got, I mean, I love it when we have Bible study. We got some folk coming there. You can always tell the ones that is really, really passionate about the word, man. Because, man, it's like they're like cheesing from here to, to California. And you ain't even said nothing deep. <laughs> you just open the book. and it, <laughs> Why? Because they understand his word. And some of you right now, if you be honest, man, you, you, you just, I mean, you treat the word of God. You, we got to know that there's power in this book. I want you to see that, that this thing is alive, it's living. He says, watch, he said, if you meditate in this thing day and night, he said, you'll be like a tree, planted. Everybody say planted. Planted. How many of you want to be planted? But how many of you feel like you're being tossed all over the place? You're not planted. You got to get planted. He said, when you meditate in the word every single day, he says, you will be planted. Good God. Planted. I don't know about you, but I want to be planted. By the rivers of water. But he didn't even stop there. He says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in his season. How many know that God has appointed times of fruitfulness for you? God has appointed blessings for you. But sometimes we can't access the blessing because we ain't where we're supposed to be. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? See, everybody ain't going to tell you the truth. Sometimes we're not. See, there's a lot of times you miss what God is doing because you ain't in the right place. How many know a lot of God's blessings are, are, are at their markers that have been set, preordained? I don't know about you, but I always want to try to be where God wants me to be. Are you hearing me? Oh, good God. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of the water that brings forth his fruit in his season. I don't know about you, but I want to be green, brother. I want to bring forth my fruit when I'm supposed to be blessed. Whatever God has for me, come on, church, I want it. I don't know about you. And whatever, here it is again. And whatever he does shall what? Prosper. Now, you got to look at prosperity and success. Don't look at prosperity and success the way the world looks at it. Because can I say, can I be honest about one other thing? Because some of us relegate prosperity and success to material things, and that's it. See, you think if you got a big car, and you think you got a big house, you got a lot of money, you think you're blessed. You think you're successful. Now, you may, now I'm not saying you're not blessed, but, but, you th- but that is the height of your prosperity. But how many know Jesus thinks much higher than that? Yes. How many know Jesus, when Jesus was, how many know that Jesus was successful? Oh, come on, church. He was successful in what God has called him to do. I don't know about you, but you, but listen to me. We're going to be successful when we do what God has ordained for us to do. That's success. When you fulfill your calling and what God has called you to do, you will prosper in that thing and you will succeed in the thing that God has appointed for you. That's success. David said in Psalm 119.97, I love this verse. He says, Oh, how I love your law. This is a psalmist. He said, it is my meditation day and night. And I'm driving at home because I want you to get to a place where you're listening to the word all the time. And you know, nowadays, you don't even have to read it necessarily. You can just put it on your iPhone. You can put it on, you know what I'm saying? We got so many ways to get the word in us. Look at them and say there's no excuse. No, look at the name. Look at them. Say, what's your problem? <laughs> and they look at him again and say, read the Bible. <laughs> and they tell him again, say, every day. Every day, day and night. 
Every day, day and night, brother, brother like that said. Psalm 119, 98 through 99. You through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. Here's another benefit of the word. For they are ever with me. I, look at this church. I have more understanding than all my teachers for your testimonies are my meditation. Has anybody ever had this experience who's in the word? Let me tell you something. Uh, I'm very confident. I'm a very confident Christian. I'm very confident. I'm very confident in standing up here talking to you today. I'm very confident. You know why? Because I stand on this book. But get, but get this. I can be confident in any situation because most of the people that you deal with, they can have more money than you. They can have, they can have more uh, education than you. But if they don't know that book, how many, how many know if they don't know that book, you'll speak to them and they got to pay attention to it. Because there's a, no why could this book is eternal. It's living. And you'll be, I mean, there have been people that I've spoken to who are much smarter than me in a lot of ways. But man, when it comes to the word of God, I start speaking the word. They can't resist the wisdom of the word. You know, you know, when they killed Stephen, you remember Stephen? They, you know, Stephen was, was preaching and they, they rushed and Stephen started, Stephen started preaching the word to him. And the Bible said they got mad and they charged him because they couldn't resist the wisdom. Let me tell you something, young people particularly, listen to this. If you get this word in your heart, if you get this book in, and, and you know this book, I'm going to tell you some kings will pay attention to you. Billy Graham, Billy Graham didn't have much education, but boy, he sure did hang around a lot of presidents. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He was in high places and people who had, uh, had vast more than he had, vast more knowledge. They were far greater than him. But this preacher opened a book and he started preaching. People started paying attention. Come on, this is why you got to do it. See, this book will make you wiser than your teachers. The folks that are supposed to be teaching you, if you don't watch it, when you're in the Word, you'll start teaching them. And they'll be paying attention to you. Like, so, so what do you have to say? And, you know, and I've been in situations, man, I start speaking the Bible, and sometimes I'm speaking the Bible, and they don't know it. Those are the good times, you know, when the Word of God is really in you, just speaking. You don't give, you don't give chapter and verse, but just come out of, you know, you, you're just there. And, and, and sometimes I'm sitting there, I'm talking to people, man, and they're like, man, that makes a whole lot of sense. I just say, that's Bible, bro. That's the Word. I mean, you know, the Word of God to make you wiser than your teachers. Okay. So lastly, okay, we got four keys. Four keys to igniting passion for the word of God. And this is going to take a couple of minutes and we'll be done. Y'all still with me? Yes. There's four keys. And four keys. I want you to do this. So if you're sitting here today, your person sitting here today, and you say, Pastor, I don't have no passion for the word of God. You say, Pastor, you know what? In fact, Pastor, I, I hardly even read the Bible. I, I read the Bible every now and then. Uh, Pastor, really, to be honest with you, I only read the Bible when I'm depressed. I only read the Bible when I'm going through a hard time. I only, read, I only read the Bible uh, when it's convenient for me. And if you're really honest, you know, you, you don't read the book. You, 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 you know, you, you're not there. So if that's you this morning, then I want you to hear what these four principles right here. Just take them and do them. Look at the neighbor and say, do them. Just do them and watch your life will change. Here it is, number one. This is, I've said this and I'll just say it again. Here's number one. Read it every day. Read your Bible 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 every day. Do y'all get it? Do y'all get it? First Peter 2.2, as newborn babies. Desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That's that verse. A lot of people look at that verse, they relegate it. They think it's just talking about elementary things. No, it's not. It's, listen to me. This verse is really speaking about an attitude. How many know that when a baby wants its mother's milk, how many know that baby goes after it? You hear what I'm saying? What he's saying here is that we need, just like a baby goes after the mother, its mother's milk, he said, we need to go after the word of God just like that every day. Like, I got to have it. I got to have it. I got to have it. When you get to a point in your life where you're saying, man, I don't need Oh, I got to have the book. I got to get there. When you get there, then you know you're on the right track. So read it every day. Number two, here it is. And by the way, forget your feelings. All right? Forget your feelings. Forget everything. Just read it every day. Forget the, don't, don't even worry about what you, because your feelings are jacked up, but eventually your feelings will conform 
to the word of God. Your feelings will conform to your obedience to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So do it anyway. Number two, study to obey. Everybody say obey. obey. All right. James 1, <clears throat> verses 21 and 22 says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But look at verse number 22. This is important. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. How many know the Bible is not given to us just for information? There are some people that study the Bible and they read it because they just want to win arguments. You hear what I'm saying? Some people just, they, they, they read the book just so they can, uh, you know, they just, just want to be able to say, I know the Bible better than you do. How many of you know that, that ain't, the Bible says knowledge puffs up? Just because you got a lot of knowledge about the Bible, that don't mean nothing. How many know the Bible, the devil, the devil know more Bible than probably all of us in here? But how many know he ain't spiritual in the sense that he ain't, he ain't walking with God? So just having knowledge of the Bible ain't enough. Oh, but I, I, I know, no, no, no. No, when you read the Bible, here's what you do. Study the Bible to obey the Bible. All right, so, so in other words, when you read the Bible, and the Bible says, forgive, and it, you know, the Bible says, forgive your neighbor, then you're going to sit back and argue with the Bible and say, well, wait, wait a minute, God. Wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. Now, hold up. In all of history, since the, cre since the foundations of the earth, Lord, there's nobody ever got hurt like me, ever. How I many of you felt like that sometimes? But it doesn't matter. See, when I read the book, if the book says it, how I many know this book is eternal? He said, heaven and earth will pass away. My word will never pass away. So watch it. All I need to do, I just need to respond in obedience. I don't sit there and argue with God and try to say, well, I don't know. I, let me think about that. No, ain't nothing, ain't nothing to think about, brother. If the book says it, do it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when we study the Bible, we study the Bible to obey the Bible, not just get information. That's why a lot of people are not walking with God. There are a lot of people who think they're saved and they're not saved. They think they're saved because they have intellectual knowledge. Intellectual knowledge won't save you. If intellectual knowledge is saved, then devil will be saved. Intellectual knowledge don't save you until you give your heart over to Jesus, until you submit to what it says. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He says, don't be a, a, just a hearer of the word, but be a what? A doer, because if you ain't doing that, he said, you're deceiving yourself. So study to obey. Number, number three, share the word with others. Everybody say share. Second Timothy 4.2 says this, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. How I many know the in season and out of season don't necessarily mean that we, we need to be mean to people? But what it means is that we got to always be prepared to preach. Let me tell you something right now. We, we, we talk about, um, we talk about uh, um, sharing your faith and other people. Um, how many know that nothing will expire and ignite your passion in the Word of God than when you're preaching, led somebody to Christ? Can I ask you a question? How many of you can honestly say sitting here today that even within the past month, the past six months, how many hands have you been able to hold and grab and say, I preached to that person and I led them to Christ? Let me tell you something. The word of God is not meant to be kept close to the chest. You know, your Christian life would get boring if you're not sharing and reproducing. Are you hearing me? You'll go hopping from place to place thinking that you just need a change. No, you don't. The problem is you're not reproducing. And at some point, it'll get old because, let me tell you something. I believe that God assigns us and I believe that God appoints us in different places and all that. I believe that. But, but there are a lot of people that's going from place to place. They don't, they don't have a clue. They're just hunting for something. But let me tell you something, church, that we have been designed to share our faith with other people. This word is meant to be preached. You want me tell you something that would ignite your face more than anything else? Preach to somebody and watch them get saved and watch how your passion will rise. Man, you'll get excited. You'll get excited. You'll be like, ah, 
man, I led them to Christ. You go home, and then when you start preaching the word, you get more and more excited, and then you want to start studying. Why? Because I got to be prepared for the next one. So when they ask me a question, I'm ready. Because this is a matter of heaven or hell. This is very serious to us. And then lastly, we need to study the word with others. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says this. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. You know, we can't we said this yesterday at our men's meeting that God has set a system in place. God has set a system of, uh, in place for our spiritual growth. A system. And when you and I ignore that system for growth, then we're the ones that get hurt. We're the ones that get hurt. Um, there are times when you can't grasp things on your own. The early church, they came together. The Bible said they were together. And they studied the word together. See, it's amazing sometimes when I'm with other believers that, you know, it's amazing. We're in the Bible study on Wednesday. You know, one of the things I like about it is when people really come ready, when they've really done their homework and they really study, that they come ready and they give insight and information that I didn't even think about. And I'm always excited. I'm like, wow, man, I didn't see it that way. Part of your spiritual growth is tied to other people. God has made you to be interdependent upon other people. So if you're a Christian, I said this before, let me say it again. If you're a Christian, and you, don't, and you don't value fellowship and you have no fellowship with other believers, you're not growing. You can say whatever you want to say. You are not growing. You can tell me whatever you want to I ain't even buying it. You are not growing because the system has been set in place. You grow when you connect with other people in the body. You need that. You need that. Part of the reason why we have no passion for the word of God because we're not around the right people. Are you hearing me? If I'm going to get passionate about the word of God, I need to get around the right people. I need to get around the right people. So we're going to ignite our faith by returning to God. We're going to ignite our faith by getting in this word every day, reading it, understanding the value of it, and hopefully I've been able to communicate to you in some way, in, in a very convincing way, the value of reading his word and the value of studying his word. That this is this is your life. This is this is how you prosper. This is how you have good success. This is how your life will never be the same. I know I'm driving home this point today, but I really want you to hear it. I really want you to get this thing in your soul. This will change your life. This right here has changed millions of lives. Everybody who's going to be in heaven is going to be because of this book right here. Everybody's life is going to be. Every one of you in here today, in some way, you've been transformed by this book. Somebody preached. Somebody did something, they brought you here. It all happened right here. Get into it, love it, breathe it every day, and watch what God will do in your life. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. None of this makes sense if you haven't given your life to.